Well, well, well. Would you believe it? Sorry. I had a lot of hands ready. But I won't be needing them after Lee Wood did indeed upset the featherweight world champion. Given his shot six weeks' notice, then elevated to the headline act when Conor Ben contracted COVID-19, he took full advantage. He is now one of, at least, WBA's featherweight world champions. With a stoppage victory over Zukan, dropped and then stopped the Chinese in the final round. This is After the Bell, coming to you moments after the final bell at Fight Camp, the first of three this summer. I'm Martin Dominic, editor of Mirror Fighting. I'm joined by former world champion Barry Jones and by boxing journalist Declan Taylor. We will start with the main event, Barry. Lee Woods, from the start, really impressed. And then got the job done. He was fantastic. He, the, the difference was he went in full of confidence and he he went in with the guy with full belief he could win the fight. And you could see that from the offset. He didn't, there was no tenderness in his work. He went straight to work straight away. And I just think when you fight, fight a guy who supposedly has a big, a, no, a tremendous work rate, though we never saw it tonight in, in, in Zucan, the jab stops that. And you know, whether Zucan would have done, thrown lots of punches or not, he used the jab really well, Lee Wood. It was solid behind it, everything, and there was a solid right hand that followed it. And those heavy shots make you tentative to to engage. And I think he did that early on. I thought he was fantastic. He didn't need the knockout. I've got to say this. I thought I thought he was mile ahead. I, that's the way I saw it. I don't know how, how you guys saw it, but I thought he was a mile ahead. I thought he boxed tremendously well. But the knockout was just you no, know, was just the icing on the cake. The stoppage was tremendous. And and He's just been a transformed fighter. He really has. You know, the, the fighter who lost to Jazza Dickens, you know, wasn't the fight that we saw tonight. That's the truth. He's, he's, he's looked so much better. He really has. And who knows, maybe we get to see him in a return for a, uni, for a world title unification against Jazza Dickens in the near future. That, how crazy would that seem when, when they box in that golden contract? You would never have thought you would have been in this position with it now. But... Lee was outstanding. I think tactically, technically, and everything, he was he was as, as good as he could be. It's funny, at the start of the year, everyone assumed we would see Josh Warrington against Zukan <laughs> at some point. That was the fight to see at Featherweight. And now, as you say, we could have a unification between Jazza Dickens and Lee Wood. But that is, of course, for another night. Declan Barry mentioned the, the sort of change we saw against Reese Mode the last time. And this was kind of just an extension of that. Yeah, boxer size Ben does it again. <laughs> um, I, do, I don't know. I think they obviously had a game plan. And the, the one thing with Kanju or Zhukan, whichever way it goes, um, is that he's, well, you know, I'm not claiming to be a, a huge um, expert on him. But when, when his name sort of cropped up a lot more linked with Warrington a couple of years ago, I watched a lot of him and he relentless volume puncher. There was none of it. And like Barry said, it was the jab. But also, I don't know if they just they spotted it, but his guards like this. And he's got this little little gap where right down the middle in the tummy and just sinking that jab to the body in as well. Not only to the head, but also he was sort of holding off sometimes, with just, just literally keeping him away. But that one sinking it into the, the belly, the jab, was just unbelievable, crippling for it. And he just had... If, you, if a volume puncher is not throwing punches, he's doing nothing. And like Barry said, for me, he was not in the fight, really. Like you know, he won by a mile for me. He, he, you know, without the stoppage, he would he would have he was a handy eight four winner, something like that. Um, and you have to give credit, not I mean obviously to to him, 
based on the fact that, yeah, however long ago it was, he was losing to Jazz Dickens at York Hall. But the fact that he's t- turned it around with, with Davison and also against Reese Mould, he was hurt bad. I think it was in like the fifth round or something, caught heavy. And Reese Mould, a good puncher as well, um, turned it around that night, you know, adjusted, stopped Mould emphatically, has come and won this fight on, what, six weeks' notice. Um, I think credit has to go to, to Davison and that team. And I tweeted it, but he hasn't lost a fight or he hasn't had a losing fighter since 2016, August 2016, five years. And I think of all the, the, the fighters who have come through that and people have hammered him a bit because he's never had, you know, he, he, Josh Taylor's turned up and Lee McGregor, you know, great fighters already have turned up, Tyson Fury as well. Um, but someone like Lee Wood has come and look at the improvements he's made and look at where he's gone, the trajectory he's made alongside him. You have to give him credit. He gets hammered. I know he gets hammered and I know for a fact he doesn't care about it. He gets hammered on Twitter, boxing Twitter, you know what it's like, but um, it's just a it's just a great story, remarkable win, and just an unbelievable performance. Really, I mean, Kanju was disappointing for me, but that's because of the performance from Lee Wood, um, and that's why we love boxing, isn't it? Because nobody gave him a prayer. I did the boxing news preview this week. Said, how can he come and turn up and win on six weeks' notice against an established champion? Okay, not the number one champion, not the belt holder in WBA, but for most people in the top five at featherweight before tonight. Um, and he's t- lit, turned him over like the dream performance, and then and then stopped him in the in the final round. It, it, you know, superb from Leewood, and what and what a great guy as well. I'm I'm not too um, trainers getting loads of credit. I, I don't I I always say you're as good as your boxer, but trainers are worth their weight in gold, of course. And Ben's proved to be a fantastic trainer, a, a, a tactically really really astute, and and you can see that in in, in the game plans for all his fighters, but. You learn so much around being being around good fighters. That's why gyms have success. Also, the Kazagi gym, as good as Enzo Kazagi was as a trainer, the fact that Joe was so good, success breeds success. You, and you see with the, you see more with amateur clubs when you get a good fighter, and all of a sudden you get a, a, a plethora of, of champions that follow, and that's what happens. So being around good fighters makes you a better fighter more than the trainer at times. But Ben deserves all the credit, all the credit that he's going to get, the accolades he's going to get, but all the credit. Ultimately, you should go to Lee Wood. The six weeks notice thing, if you're fit, yeah, that should be enough. I think we, we all go mad about when the 12 week training camp. Someone's made up this 12 week, no, that's the 12 week training camp thing. God, six weeks, oh, I've never had six weeks for a show. I had six weeks one training camp and I got beat up. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like, you know, if, if you're naturally fit and not living a bad life, then six weeks should be fine. To be honest, mm. and and I think they, that's proved that he's either guy who doesn't you know, doesn't in, overindulge. He's not always looks like he's always fit, and six weeks to get the tactics into place. As long as you're fit, you, you know, then your 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 base fitness is already there. Then that six weeks is plenty, and I, I th- and also you don't overthink things as well. I think you know, you you're stuck on a strict a strict schedule to get it right, and I think it's, it's if anything that probably helped them. But yeah, you're right though. Just. I didn't. See, I think you no. Know, uh, Zukan looked disappointed, but when you're a volume puncher, you've got to be in range to throw. And if you've got a solid jab hitting you in the face and a solid right hand whacking you every time you move your feet an inch, that can you know, slow you down a bit. And that's what you have to do. You have to slow them down. And the jab's the best weapon. I think he used that, you know, with full effect tonight. And so you have. You no, know, Zukan was was disappointing, but you have to give Lee with his credit. You have to. Because you only base the fight on his last fight, and and 
and you know and now he's, he's proved and he never looked anywhere near it let's be honest he's proved he's not world class that's that's the thing though isn't it? it's the weight in that you, you wondered if at six weeks you know it's a it's a bad it's a tough cut for anyone and i'm sure you know lee wood is cutting as well but because he in six weeks, if you're boiling badly in that six weeks and just just battling, battling, and then you have to fight a, a relentless pressure fighter like that, a volume puncher rather, was my concern for him. But it, it he was obviously fit. He was kind of not too north of the weight and could do it in six weeks. And like you say, they put together a game plan. I mean, the game plan also included, by the way, switching southpaw and yeah, and hit, boxing him from there as well. I mean, it was just class. It was just he never boxed a volume puncher. No. That, that that's all well that's he's boxed so well he turned the volume puncher into a tentative counter puncher yeah that's you know he he didn't he, he the tactics are so good that he that he didn't he ended he didn't box the fight that he, he was meant to fight i think and that's down to, again that's down to his tactics and surely or his and ben's tactics so i think they couldn't have done anything any better they got caught with a few shots but he took them well he wasn't worried at all no really and and yeah, and, and I think and and the stoppage he didn't need it in, um, as as you agree with me, but to finish that just make it just to put the you know the cherry on the cake, it was just fantastic. And like, like boxing's a funny sport because it it's it can just change your life like that both ways. By the way, up and down, and literally the thirty six minutes to change your life, and and people you say it, but it, it's true because you'll never be the same again. Whether he's whether he's a regular champion, I don't know how people look at it, but he's been announced as a world champion. That's the thing you dream on as a, as a kid, them saying the new, whatever title it is, champion of the world in your name. That's it. That's your lifetime ambition. And to have that called out is just, you, you're never the same again. You're never the same. And and you want that for every fighter that you do. You do. It's never going to happen for most, but you want that for every fighter. And Lee Woods had that tonight. And, and you know, we worry about the politics and all that. But for, for right now, he feels he got a belt in his hand. He had that. He's had that that iconic thing said to you that every fighter dreams of. It's happened to him tonight. He had his hand raised with the new champion of the world. It's been said you get a belt, you go home, and and you're just like, my life's done. I've done it. I've done. I've done it. Like and, and you can't put a you just can't put a price on that feeling. Honestly, you can't. Just just one more word on the tactics. I think we got to give credit as well to Lee Wiley who. Again, someone who Ben Davidson took on board, you know, most boxing fans knew him as the guy who broke down moments in fights on Twitter and, and YouTube and whatever else. But he's been brought into a camp now and he he's obviously at the heart of the tactics and looking at the opponent and seeing. And it's the new style of, of boxing. It's a new style of sport, isn't it? Looking at looking at the opponents and trying to find weaknesses as, as much as preparing your own fighter. And I think it's paying dividends. And when, when a performance and the tactics and the game plan um, which we've spoken about a lot. Sometimes your game plan gets overused and over sort of overcredited. But what we saw tonight was absolutely bang on breakdown of an opponent, stripped him away of all of his assets, made him look totally ordinary. And then it meant that Lee Wood's strengths came through. So yeah, Lee Wiley as well deserves massive credit. Well, a game plan has to be fluid because he reacts to what you do. So, you know, it's better faction is the most, well, most reactive sports you can find. So if you you can have a rigid game plan because things don't always go to plan. So you have to have it quite loose, but you can go in there with a thought. Who's playing Lee Wiley? That's for, that's my first thought as a fighter. He's worth his weight. You know, it's a fantastic addition, but you're paying your trainer to do all this for you. So unless, if you're paying extra, I'd be like, well, hang on a minute, Ben, you should be doing this. That's a, I'm joking. That's cynical, of course. Listen, if if he's if he's had that input, 
that gets you over the line, then he's whatever he's whatever he gets, he's worth being in the camp. He really is, and to get a bit of credit as well. This is all the credit is Lee Woods, but all the guys involved, as Ben said in the interview after, we're just here to help the fighter reach his potential, you know, to do the best he can do, and that's a humble way, but it's an honest way, and it's nice to see that he's not going, you know, you know, I need all the credit, and you know, I'm a great trainer. He might think that, but he's just being honest and, and saying it's about the fighter. He has to do it, and that's true. He has to do it. You can tell him everything he needs to know. If he can't do it, he can't do it. So it's again. I think that the thing that Ben has, you know, whatever whatever the people call him, or you no, know, he's only had fighters come or already good fighters. You know, you can say that for every pro trainer. The amateur trainer should take all the credit if that's the case. But you have to find that he he taps into that fighter. He gets he gets the understanding right with the fighter. Him and the fighter, they, they know he knows what that he, he finds out what the fighter could, can do, and he gives him a, a tool, the, the the right tactics, what he can do for himself. He don't he's not asking Lee to do something that he can't do. You know, there's certain things you can do to win a fight, but that fighter can't do that. So trying to get him to do something he can't do, which just means he's just gonna you know if theoretically get beat even 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 badly. So he gets him doing what you can do, the best thing you could do to win that fight. That's what he does. He enhances the the, the fighters' you know, abilities. I guess that that's just, that's Ben Davison's superpower. We do seem to be in a, or we're beginning to get to a point where, or certainly more and more people are are binning off the belts. That's the common phrase and the popular phrase. But we are seeming to move away from this obsession, I guess, with the boxing has with belts. And as you said, Barry, you know, try telling the people who paid £750 to be ringside tonight supporting Lee Wood that he's not a world champion. But maybe more than being a world champion is that he now has so many options, right? If, if he'd lost tonight, he suddenly, maybe he fights the loser of Galahad Dickens next week, um, you know, in a, in a chief support on a smaller card. But now, assuming there's no rematch clause, I don't know. But he now has options, right? And at 32 years of age, he's not the youngest, not the oldest, but, you know, towards the end of his career rather than the start, the point now, Declan, is that he has options and a chance to make some real money as well. Yeah, I think you and when Barry was alluding to it there, all that you know about being announced and the new and all that sort of stuff. Then, if you just flip that completely, obviously the devastation of missing that opportunity. But you, you're right, back of the queue then, and and then where do you go? Because it's not like Lee Wood's a huge name or anything like that. Or you know, it's the same with Reese Mould. Like you know, if Reese Mould had won that fight against him back on the on the Warrington undercard, then he would be the one in this position or whatever. So what's Reese Mould doing? So it, the victory has just propelled him. Not only is he the champion now or a champion, whether you care about the belts or not, but now you're just thinking, oh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Lee Wood fight again. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. And the opportunities now are really pretty, you know, they're vast for him because he doesn't even have to leave England and he's got big fights and getting paid well for it. Um the belt, yeah, I don't know what that does, you know, what currency that really holds, that that regular belt. I don't know if it pushes him towards Santa Cruz. I'm not really sure if the WBA, they don't really care about that, do they? It's not. But these interim or the regular belts are sort of glorified eliminators almost, but it's not like they, they lead you anywhere necessarily. I'm not sure. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that they'll be looking at what makes the most money at this point. Like you say, at 32, he wants to be making hay now. Um, and there's some hay to be made. He'll have a keen eye on Warrington Lara, which is a really exciting fight for everyone because so many intangibles there. You know, Lee Wood against either of those guys straight away. You know, a Warrington fight, um, 
would be huge in England. But if Lara, you know, then what if Lara wins again? A crack at the guy who beat Warrington twice, massive. Um, you mentioned the rematch. Would you know if you're Zhu Can right now? Are you fancying that again? I did, it didn't look like he wanted to be here at any point this today. And it, you know, sometimes you say that about someone and they go and chin their guy, and it you know it doesn't really matter. But does it? Does he really want to come back and have another fight with Lee Wood? Probably not. Um, but you know, I'd watch it, and I'm sure Lee Wood would, would take it, take the money, and and win again, win well, and then and then move on. But you're right, exciting, and it's not. It's great for us to have someone else that's in the mix now. For, come from nowhere. Two months ago, we weren't talking about Lee Wood having a world title shot. We were sort of wondering what he was doing, you know. And now he's right up there, and one of the one of the names in in British boxing, and you know, that's, that can only be good things for us as just as boxing fans, first and foremost. And and also, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up if he gets elevated because yeah, you know, Santa Cruz been boxing out the different weights. Yeah, I can't remember the last time he boxed as a featherweight. I generally can't remember the last time he boxed as a featherweight. So there's a chance, there's an argument there, and I think Eddie Hearn should be pushing for them to be elevated to the the only champion they have, and and that would all of a sudden then he is a genuine world champion because I think only people only see the super champion as the as the real world champion, and then that gives him more credence and more to move on. I think yeah. There's so many good fights for him out there. Dangerous fights, but also domestic. No, we all love to see domestic world level fights. And there's a pick. There's four fighters right now. No, no, if one of them gets the win, of course, you've got Jazza Dickens and and and, and Kid Galahad, whoever wins that, but who are even the losers, still world class. And then you've got Warrenden in the mix as well. And there's a and they're all sort of easily, you would think, easy fights to make. But also, more importantly, and you sort of said that Declan, there's a I'm gonna call you Taylor then. Taylorson. Is that is that it was a good fight to watch. Yeah. That's the thing. It's all about selling yourself in the market. And I think though know, it was the, the launch of the zone, and it was a really good fight to watch. It was constantly exciting. He, you know, he did, you know, he he never he was never neg- negative at all, even though he was trying to box. He was always being proactive, he was always looking to work. There was a gap there, a chance for him to throw combinations, he wanted to throw, he was throwing hard shots. And you know, yeah, the guy walking right at him, which is good for him. But I think it was it was an enjoyable fight to watch, and and so he sold himself there because if you're if you're an armchair fan, not a not a boxing fanatic, you would have enjoyed that, and you'd want to see Lee with again. And that's what it's all about, I think. And I think Eddie Hearn will not want to be pushing him now because he got forget about the title. He's got an exciting fighter to sell to the public. And that's more important, as we know. That's more important to the promoter than any title. Is a guy who can who can who can draw interest from the public and with a new platform, you know, need or, or constantly need new subscribers, however many they have, then that's that's a fantastic tool and a fantastic bargaining tool financially for Leewood. And you mentioned that you mentioned the Fab Four at Featherweight, but there's a fifth one in Jordan Gill. Um, I'm pretty sure as well. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure his last he's he's held, holds some sort of belt with the WBA. I think he's up those. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, so he. He's another one. I know they know, you know, he knows Lee Wood well, but he's right there. And he's another one that, a bit like Lee Wood, that right now he's sort of underappreciated and, you know, he had a defeat and he's sort of working his way back. He had COVID and all that sort of stuff. But he's only a couple of fights away from being right up there. And, you know, that'd be a great fight, you know, the way that he moves and stuff against any of those guys as well. So it's, it's exciting times. Or you go, if you're Lee Wood, you go, get me Santa Cruz, I'll go and fight him in MSG or whatever. And that's like, legacy dreams are made of stuff um and who knows what how he'd get on against santa cruz because we don't know what he's got left and after the knockout yeah. against davis and all that sort of stuff and 
you know, straight out, from out of nowhere, he's he's there. Um, yeah, so it, really interesting to see what he does next. So Leeward stole the show, but earlier on in the chief support, Chris Bill and Smith edged a split decision in his British, European and Commonwealth Cruiserweight title fight against Tommy McCarthy. He was given the nod 115-114 and 116-112. McCarthy given the nod on the third card, 115-114. A nip and tuck fight, 116-112, a tad wide perhaps, but right winner, wrong winner? i say the right winner for me, to be honest. And that 116-112 is not a wide card. It's in a close fight, you can get a swing like that because all the rounds are quite competitive. I So I, I wouldn't have argued about that. And I wouldn't have argued maybe the other way, possibly. So... I thought Smith just did enough. I think he's. I think it's what's quite important in a fight like that. Sometimes the guy who keeps his shape tends to get more credit for some of his work, whether it's right or wrong. It's just because it looks neater, so it's easy for the judge to see it and score it. That's all that is sometimes. Where where Tommy McCarthy's a little bit looser with his work and a little bit more because his hands are a little bit low and things are maybe more flicky at times. Then you you notice the shots the shots right on the track. And I guess that's where Ben Smith got the nod. But it was a hard fight from the offset. And I think you know, it made it a good fight because they were both, especially defensively, naive, you know, to be honest. They, you know, not thinking about, n- neither one of them thought about what they were going to do after they threw the shot. That's that's the truth. With You had you had McCarthy because he landed that big right hand to start at the beginning of the fight. Then he just, that was his honey shot all the way through the fight. But it, it really didn't work after that, really. If he had such a great effect, but then he tried too hard to land it. And Billum Smith, when he lands a big shot, he holds his feet and gets caught and or leans back in straight lines and gets hit again. So the lack of defensive intelligence on the both of them made it a sort of a good fight to watch for us, really. That was a, a, no made it hard for them, but good for us, which was which is what, what, what we pay for. But yeah, I think they both could box better, to be honest. But it was I quite enjoyed it. But I think the right winner was Bill and Smith, and I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think McCarthy's corner was screaming a little bit, and I, I can't see how you can see that in a close fight. You must have known it was close. How can you throw your arms up in the air like you're being robbed? I just don't see it that way. I I don't see it that way anyway. I don't know how you guys perceived it. I did. I did think McCarthy maybe edged it by one. Uh, you're wrong. You're right. You're wrong. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you're right 116 112 becomes 115 113 very easily and and, yeah. and so and so forth um i guess just because the first two were were a point then sometimes people think four is is too many deck which which side were you on uh i had it bill and smith by one as well um i thought he started well clearly started slowly got hit bad and he's super fit you know he's into crossfit and all this sort of stuff i mean you only have to look look at him but he looked knackered after in the second round. I was like, this, this guy looks knackered now. So the way he pulled it back round, obviously the clash of heads caused the cut. I was slightly disappointed, not disappointed, but I was slightly um, surprised maybe that he didn't jump on that a bit more and start aiming for it a bit more with the left hook because it was bothering him, especially when it first happened. Um, they did a great job on it in the end. It didn't turn into an issue. But when it first happened, it looked like this could be, you know, they might have pulled this completely because it was streaming in his eye and it was clearly a head clash. Um, but yeah, I agree with Barry that it just all a bit, all a bit cleaner, really, from Billum Smith, um, and it was all a bit more sustained from him. And then it was McCarthy with the flashes, which we sort of expected, to be honest. Um, 
I'd like to see it again, personally. I thought it was yeah. I thought it had the potential to be very cagey and a bit of a non-event because of how much was on the line for both of them, not only the, the hardware, but the fact that the you know the winner goes on and the loser sort of doesn't. I thought it might be a cagey one. It clearly wasn't, but it was you know, it was action from the start. It was a great fight. Um you sort of struggle to see where where Billum Smith goes from here, even as the winner, because you sort of think both of them are some way off, like Lawrence Okoli, for instance, who's his mate and is in the same stable. But, you know, it's a tough division at the, at the top. Um, he's now a European Commonwealth British British champion. It's like, well, the next step now is the, is the world champions. And you just think that seems like a big step from this point. Sometimes with a lot of divisions, it, it's not. It's not a big step, actually. And you're sort of, you're there. He doesn't seem to be there yet. So I'd love to see him run it back. And I think Willem Smith would be a handier winner in the in the rematch, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I guess he made a point that he wouldn't he wouldn't think McCarthy would take it straight away. I bet he would. I bet he would. Um they're they're gonna be hurting tonight. Great little side story with Frampton coming over and you know, <laughs> all of that. I mean, it was just it's just classic. Um I don't know. Don't you could just it's just that little bit of needle and tension is is superb. And, in and, they, and they used him for the, the yeah. to check on the gloves in it as well, which is it was been a really awkward, awkward sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes. One fight we don't need to match make is Anthony Fowler against Liam Smith. Ooh. That will take place in Liverpool on October 9th. Same night, possibly as Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder later on, of course. Anthony Fowler coming away last night now. With victory over Rico Muller, a good fight, good fight for Liverpool, good fight for for the UK. I yeah. guess. I'm. Um, I don't know. I'd like to hear what both you think, but I, I still think Liam Smith, based on his last outing against um, what's his fate, Kerbinov, where he he was great. He was a great fight. He was a good performance yeah. that night. He's got plenty left. It's not. This doesn't seem like one of those ones against a faded name. He seems like he's got a lot left, and and Fowler's still got a lot to. You know, he's a lot of improving to do. Nowhere near the finished article. I think it's a really, really dangerous fight for Fowler. See, I th- I think, think Liam does who he won't age. I know if the way he fights, most fighters think, oh, you know. He's just going to get old overnight. You can't fight like that forever. But I think he's one of those weird fighters who just, until he retires, he just, he's going to go, he's full capacity. Do you know what I mean? One of those, I don't think he has the wear and tear that he should have for the fight, hard fights that he has had. And I think, you, the, I, I look at that two ways. I think it's a massive step up for Fowler. Maybe a step he has to take at some point, but they're either cashing out on Fowler. Maybe he hasn't been the star they thought he was. I'm just, it's just me guessing. The star they thought he would be, you no, know, or you have, or financially hasn't, you no, know, they haven't got the money back. I don't know, or they're banking on you know, a massive decline in Liam Smith, which I watched that Cabana fight and I thought he won quite clear, and you no, know, it was a hard fight. But I thought he was he was the only winner for me, and he got really turned over, and he still looks fresh enough, yeah. and he's and he's incredibly tough, and he knows how to get inside, he knows a lot of tricks, and he's a better boxer than you give him credit for. No, and and I just think that Fowler's you no know, punches you into submission like he did tonight, and I thought his Fowler was pretty good tonight, but he can be hit, and that's and and that would be the worry. I think it's it's a it's a real step up. But listen, hey, we we all got to take a step up at some point, and it's a, it's and it's a fight that sells because it's obviously you know two guys from Liverpool, and and there'll be a and Liam Smith when he gets into fight mode, he's a quite a nasty character. 
Yeah. So, and and I think that it'll it'll ignite before they get in the ring. So I think commercially it's a good fight, but I think it's a real risk for Fowler. But yeah. listen, he's a confident kid, one of the most confident fighters you could you could see, even even when people point out his obvious flaws, he's still super confident. So he'll fancy it. But I I'm, I'm with you, Declan. I think, it, I think if they're banking on it, Liam Smith, you know, seeing better days, then I think you have to go in with a different realisation of how good Liam Smith still is. I think it's a proper sink or swim job, isn't it? And I, I don't know, cashing out is probably a bit strong, but it's one of them where they've gone, OK, we've done what we can with you. You know, he, he lost to Fitzgerald. They built, rebuilt him and it's like, OK, right, you got, you just got to go and try it. Now you got, we got to try yeah. it and see, what you, see where you're at. But I do think there are better options for him. There's the Fitzy rematch. There's Cheeseman. I know that there was an Eggington fight, which I think Eggington withdrew. I don't. I'm not sure of that, but it might be. But you know, there, there are a lot of fights there. It's not like they're struggling for opponents, so that's why I was slightly surprised by it. It makes great sense now, like because two two guys from Liverpool at the same way, one's coming up a crossroads fight and all that stuff. I just feel like there would have been a safer is the wrong word, but a more appropriate fight at this point before looking at someone like Beefy because you know. He's had grey hair since he was ten, like me. He looks like he looks older than he is. People think he's he's been around forever, but he's still got a lot left in the tank. He's not faded in any way. Um, and, and whatever yeah. happens in that fight, that's a miles on on the clock fight. Hundred percent. He'll make it a hard. Smith, even if Smith were to get beat, and I and I you know I, I make Smith a big favourite for me, he'll make it hard. And if you lose. It's a hard loss, you know. You, you're getting bashed up a little bit if that happens. Because the way the way he fights, so he makes every fight a hard fight. So it, it'll put miles on the clock for you, and and also or take away your confidence because he might beat you up, you know, and and that. But this, but follow was but tonight. I thought follow was good. You know, that kid should have been saved twenty five punches before the fight got stopped for me. And not criticizing the referee because it's a very hard job. But that's the way I felt watching it. And you guys probably did also, but. He, he beats you into submission, Fowler. That's what he does. He's physically strong. A little bit slower hand. He could work on hand speed a bit more. But he looked good tonight. And, and it was a good get the ring rust off. And I, you know, and I say he's a confident kid. Confidence you know, can take you so far sometimes. So, so and, and also, you you suddenly do just have to chuck yourself into it. You're never going to know until you take that leap. And if he thinks he's ready for that leap and they, and they think that Smith might be on his way down or not, then... That might be the fight you beat, but by the mind, you beat Liam Smith and you're getting a world title shot next. You're pretty much certain of that. So you know, we all want to be a world champion. And if that's the fight you've got to take, I would take it, to be honest. And knowing the risks and how hard it is, if if he was in my way of getting a world title shot, then I'd want to go through him. I'd actually yeah. want to go around him, to be honest, but that's just me. But most fighters would want to go through him. And I think... No, I think to Anthony Fowler's credit, he's that sort of kid. You want to, you want to, you want to go through him and, and challenge himself. But I, I'm with you, Declan. I agree. I think it's you no. Know, they're thinking that that Smith is on his way to out. Then, you no, know, it could be a real, real slipper. I've got to say credit to Fowler because we do often, you know, complain about people not taking fights and taking easy options and not fighting and hanging around. So massive credit to him. And he's just had a, his first child, so I hope he gets some kit because he's got to be mad. <laughs> He's going to have a mad 12 weeks now. Yeah. And then, what, what is it, October, did you say, Martin? So what were you, what were you away? Three, it's not far, is it? Only 12 weeks away. Like, yeah, he's in the midst of it when he gets back on Monday morning. Um, so hopefully we've got something sorted there. Generally, boxers do tend to have a spare room. I'm sure he's got, got a decent spare room with some egg He was on in Kent, wasn't he, with the McGuigans? Good point. He he could just get away. Away. 
Yeah. He'd be telling his missus he's fighting every... Oh, i got to fight next week. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it is part of, of, of the zone's new... Maybe there is a new ethos that... that you know, if you're, if they're not going to, if you're not going to be in fights that not only mean something but add a bit of a step up, maybe you are going to be binned off. And maybe that's, you know, it's not just hot air this time. Imagine, imagine a broadcaster paying the promoter good money for, for shows, and then saying that fight's not good enough. Are we in that? Is that happening? Because that because that hasn't happened for a long time. I don't mm. think. We, listen, we've seen some fantastic fights, you know, in recent years. But also, it looks like to me a lot of promoters have been able to just put what they want on and the TV companies have just accepted it, either the lack of knowledge or lack of effort for the argument. I don't know, because but my pay grade. But is, is the zone actually going to say, are they already saying we want that fight or no fight? Well, look, they did it with they did it with Canelo, didn't they, in America with um with the marquee or whatever the, the term was in the contract that he had to fight a certain number of... So they were already putting stipulations on. They're putting a huge amount of money into it. I know for a fact that they were not keen on... I think it was Danny Jacobs or something, a big name, but he wasn't quite doing it and he wasn't quite... You know, they can look at numbers. Now, they look at numbers, yeah. they look at subscribers and whatnot. So maybe that is right, Martin. And they, he's got a plethora of fighters. It's not like he's got three guys and he needs to just manage them and make sure that they're headlining every four weeks or whatever it is. He's... He's got all these fighters and he needs to decide who's who the one that they're going to back and who who's going where. So he almost has that luxury. I'm talking about Eddie Hearn here, where he can have guys getting beaten. But the one, but some of them are going to win those big step-up fights, like Lee Wood, and then they go on. Fowler wins this fight if he if he wins this fight. Goes on, like you say, next fight's a world title shot. Straight away, he's got another star on his hands. He's got another, at least one massive night on the zone. So I think you might be right, Barry. Maybe it's a slight change in... Oh, I mean, they call it game change, don't they? I mean, we're still here at half eleven. I thought it might start, start a bit earlier, but can't ask for it. Can't have it all. Just a quick word on the zone. We spoke about it off air. Um, it didn't, you know. I'm, listen, I know it's Eddie Hearn's back garden. There's only so much you can do with a lawn, right? I mean, that's that's the bottom line here. It looked nice. Uh, there were new presenters. It was certainly fresh in that respect, but overall, a similar. You know, showing to 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 what we had with Sky at the moment. There wasn't enough diversity. I didn't hear one Welsh voice, <laughs> and and you know, that's you know, the, yeah, it was it, it was it was fine. I don't, I don't I think you can get too carried away with with what's going on. It's the fights that count. The commentary was good enough. You know, the presenters were fine. Tony Bell who knows the sport. You know, Maya Jammer. You no, know, it, it, she did she did a fine job. She didn't. She don't. It didn't. She didn't try and. No, make out she was a boxing expert. She asked the she asked the guy who knows about boxing the question. That's her job. I don't see it. it, it I, I watched the I watched the the show before the show, and I didn't like that. That was too. I mean, all the all the people working there were fantastic, but it was literally it was like a carnival. There was like about fifteen presenters. It was just too much for me. But maybe that's for a younger audience who like all that sort of stuff. You know, I'm an old man, so. But the, but the actual live boxing was. It's all about the fights. So I think the packaging is important, but obviously the product for me is what counts. So the fights were good enough. I, you can argue with that. You know, I think Jack Cullen looked well. You know, there was a, there was a good there was a good, there was a good little scraps. You know what I mean? And then and that's all you cared about. Ultimately, we're not. To, that's what we end up talking about. So it was a good staff at It wasn't a game changing, no no extravaganza that, that that they promised, but it was good enough. 
for one ninety nine. For one ninety nine, yeah. it was absolutely fantastic. It, it kind of felt felt to me like it was very similar, but like you sort of alluded to, Barry, that the product still is the same as two people punching each other, and it's like, what can you really do around that? To be honest, Sky had a winning formula. It's the same that all broadcasters have, and that's a bit, you know, a bit of razzmatazz, a couple of fireworks. But in the end of it, you need to have people fighting and having entertaining fights in the middle of it. I had a nightmare with sorting out like a my um, operating system to get the app on my laptop and then casting it and all that business. I was just like, I wish this was on Sky still because you really just have to press a button. But I think, you know, there'll be a bit of that to start. I had kept getting like a barcode up on my screen every yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just a bit bizarre. Um, I think the game changed. That was free beer. <laughs> yeah. You don't get it. You have, you have to scale it. Oh, I've had 14 pints. I don't even drink. <laughs> I'm next to the Windows 95. <laughs> yeah, exactly. felt like that. I think the game change thing, hopefully, is what they mean by that is the, the amount of money and the regularity and the opportunities that they're going to get for fighters over the course of however many years. That's what they mean by game changed rather than the night is because it was basically the same, wasn't it? I mean, Andy Lee and Chris Lloyd did a great job too. They're going to have Mike Costello, the GOAT, from when he gets back from the Olympics. You know, it, it's it's all set up to be great, but it's really, it's boxing, isn't it? It's boxing in the, at the end of it. Um, and yeah, they can't really change that that much. My biggest worry when, when Eddie Hearn was on about, you know, creating a narrative, you know, and, and storylines was that it was going to be just a propaganda channel. Every boxer who was a match on the on the A side was all about him, and it was just he was great, and and you know you keep telling people the same thing, and they believe it. But it wasn't that, to be fair, it wasn't that. You know that Andy Lee was allowed to do his job, and 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 that's what that was important. And Tony Bellew did did a good enough job. You know he wasn't it wasn't all it's all about it's all about the home fighter. But so it sort of should be really because that's the fight you're you're promoting. But when the fights are going on. I thought the commentary was fair and assessment, and and that's and that's all you can ask for, to be honest. Just one final thing. Just I've just seen the, the scorecards. Leewood was at one hundred seven, one hundred two. So by five on two cards, and by three on the final one going into the final round. So it seems like it was scored fairly, and he would have won regardless. Uh, by did mention Jack Cullen. He outpointed Avni Yildrim. There was a third professional victory for Campbell Hatton. And a first for Sandy Ryan, who made her debut. Which brings us to the end of this week's show. Next weekend, as we said, is another featherweight world title fight between Jazza Dickens and Kid Galahad. Got a break back... no COVID. Well, that is true. We do Listen, we, no we, we, we won, won Jazza Dickens to win. And this is, I gotta, it's worth a minute. The reason being, when I won a world title, I wasn't the best fighter in my street. It's a terrible because Steve Robinson used to live in my street when I was a kid, so I'm not in the best fight in my street. So I used to look about where I was the best fighter, and obviously, I won the best Welsh fighter because Steve Robinson. And I went through history, and obviously, the better Welsh fighters than me. And um, my, my, my grandfather's parents were from Scotland and Ireland, and they have had great fighters. But my mother's father's from the Yemen, so I thought I'm the best boxer from Yemen, but of course, there was a Nazim Hamid, so I'm not even the best boxer from the Yemen, so I was. The best box from the Yemen called Barry. Oh no! <laughs> I'm not even the best boxer from the Yemen called Barry. So, come on, Jazza, please. This is the only thing I got going for me. This is the only thing I got going for me. The only bit of credibility I got left is that uh, I'm the only boxer from best box from the Yemen called Barry, unless Kid Galahad wins his world title because his name's obviously Barry, which will be disappointing. Lovely kid, but I'll be. You know, this is my legacy. I'm worried about. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I did not expect that, but now that you said it, that is that is, uh, that is up there with all well better than most reasons for someone to win a fight. <laughs> we will be back actually on the Monday. It's my fault, uh, but we're back on the Monday after the Saturday to recap and and then to look ahead, I guess, to the third weekend of fight camp. So do join us then if you can. Until then, take care.